Barb and I were kind of sharing, it's like uh, growing up, was it ever hot in June where you grew up? Yeah, we used to call it summer. <laughs> now we call it global warming or something weird, right? Nothing's changed. It's the same as it's always been. And it'll be the same as it's always been 2,000 years from now. So, because he doesn't change. We change, but he doesn't change. The, how, how the whole world works does not change. But anyway, you guys have been seeing, like, it's a little hot around country. You've seen that in, like, different places. So people are catching this. This is what's so cool. They're going, wait a minute. If I really have been given God's rule and reign, which we have, couldn't I change the weather? Why not? And they're actually doing it. So I want to share this. It's kind of cool. The first one is, if you get on the fellowships, you'll hear Paul, who was <clears throat> very prominent in the Islamic faith. And then um, it's, it's interesting to hear his testimony because he says, I was very prominent in the Islamic faith. And then I then I accepted Christianity, and I realized it's just as religious as Islam in the normal, how it's taught. And he goes, I realized that it's Christ within. Heaven and hell were within. So then he goes, I realized when, when I, because he started to read it in English too, and he's like, wait a minute, I know Hebrew and Arabic. I'm going to go see what it says, actually. And it's this beautiful thing. So anyway, what I want to show you, he's in Iraq. They, they left, um, they had to leave Iran because of religious persecution, or didn't have to, but wanted to, I guess. And so... Um, some of you guys that spent Steve and some of you guys spent time in the Middle East, it's hot, hot. Like, we think it's hot here. Like, we're kind of wimpy. And so, it's ridiculously hot in, uh, in Iraq. And it doesn't rain. There's no clouds, etc. So, they just shared this testimony the other night. So, here's what they do. Because my wife just experimented with this. So, you know how you can check the phone on your, or the weather on your mobile phone? You can see how hot it is, right? So, she looked at the temperature. She goes, I closed my eyes and I put my hand on it. And I envisioned myself seeing a different number on there. And immediately it went down 14 degrees and watch this happen. So you can roll that video real quick. This is another recording to show you how to control the weather from the inside, from within, from the arc, from the inner chamber. You see what you want inside you because you are the whole universe. The whole universe is inside you because if Jesus is all in all and if Jesus is in you, so you are all in all. Everything happens in your mind and your heart. I want to thank our brother Mike and his awesome ministry, Freedom Ministry, that make us free from anything outside of us, from any circumstances, from any situations, now we can see this amazing changing of the weather by seeing what we want to see from the inside and feeling it just like it happened already here and now and regardless of anything outside of us, regardless of our five senses, we see from the lens of the inner eye, the single eye. So we don't have a double-minded. We have only love in our heart. So that I wanted to show you that. To bear this witness for you all. See, it's happening. It's impossible to happen here in Iraq. It is impossible. No way to happen in Iraq. But when we started to do it, the whole universe started to respond to us because the whole universe is within. 
us. So I wanted to thank Mike, to thank uh, Sister Debbie, and to thank everyone. Teach me my identity. Thank you. Isn't that cool? He says it's the only place in Iraq where it got windy and cloudy. And they do it on call now. They just do it and it stays there. Isn't that cool? So they'll probably be asking him, how are you doing this? <laughs> and then uh, I got another one. This is kind of cool. Oh, I just pulled that out and I forgot it. Um, Gene and Jen O'Fallon in uh, Mesa, Arizona, another pretty hot place. So she was on the phone with her friend and she goes, I prayed rain from Greg Braden's book. I've taught on that before. So let me read this and then, uh, well, I'll just tell you what she did and then I'll give you the context where she goes, we prayed rain like Greg Braden. So most people do this. They go, please, Lord, let it cool off or please, Lord, favor me or please bless this business or please bless my health or whatever. And that's fine. Versus he's given you the royal rule and reign where you experience it as if it's real and then everything shapes to what you just did within. So she was telling her friend in Mesa, she goes, you know what, let's pray rain. So she, go, she was explaining how she did it with them. She goes, put your face up in the air and feel the raindrops like going down your face and dripping down your neck and getting your hair wet. And Can you feel that, how cool it feels and how refreshing it feels in this 120 degree weather, whatever Mesa was at the time. And uh, so she prayed rain. They felt it as if it was real. They experienced it in their mind as if it was real. And then she goes, I kind of forgot about it. And 30 minutes later, my friend calls her and goes, are you seeing this? She's like, what? She goes, it's raining. There was, no, there was no projection of rain, and it started to rain right where they were. Isn't that cool? So this is the throne of David I want you to get. Where, where she's getting this is some of you guys, there's so many new people online all the time. I'll share this. So this is, uh, this is Greg Braden's Secrets of the Lost Mode of Prayer. Now, um, I love what Beth said. She goes, truth is truth. You know, there's a, and the, I think with Christianity, we're so limited in how we think of things. There's Truth is truth. God's the same, no matter where you are and who you are. And so um, he, he's really gone to a lot of the different religions, a lot of the, the different um, uh, monks and different things, and they all do the exact same thing when it comes down to it. Isn't that interesting? So here, let me read this. So it's praying rain. Um, <clears throat> so he, was, he lives in, uh, uh, near Santa Fe, New Mexico, and so he met a, um, uh, a friend where they would go... Um, what do you call them? What's the politically correct way? American Indians? What do you call them? American Indians? Is that what you call them? Native Americans? Okay. I don't, yeah. You can't keep up with the wokeness today, so I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm like, it used to be fun to call me a Polish kid from Iowa. Now you can't do it. Well, you're talking about Poland. Like, That's what I am, right? Anyway, so he took them out in the, in the middle of nowhere. He says, today we're going to pray rain, not pray for rain. We're going to pray rain. I wasn't prepared for what I saw next. I watched carefully as David removed his shoes. He gently placed his, his feet, naked feet in the circle. He honored the four directions and all of his ancestors. Slowly he placed his hands in front of his face, <clears throat> closed his eyes, and became motionless. He was oblivious to the heat of the midday desert sun. His breathing slowed and barely became noticeable. After a few moments, he took a deep breath, opened his eyes to look at me, and said, Let's go. It's finished. Expecting to see dancing or at least some chanting, I was surprised by how quickly his prayer began and then ended. Already? I asked. I thought, aren't you going to pray for rain? David's reply to my question has been the key to this help so many understand this kind of prayer. As he sat on the ground to lace up his shoes, David looked up at me and smiled. No. I said that we would pray rain. If I had prayed for rain, it would never happen. 
Later in the day, David explained what he meant. He began by describing how the elders of his village had shared the secrets of prayer with him when he was a young boy. The key, he said, is that when we ask for something to happen, we give power to what we do not have. So they're focused on, I don't have it, so Lord, please do this for me, versus he's given us everything. So prayers for healing empower the sickness. Prayers for rain empower the drought. Continuing to ask for things only gives more power to the things you don't want. I think about David's words often and what it could mean in our lives today if we prayed If we pray for world peace, for example, while feeling tremendous anger toward those who lead us into war, even war itself, inadvertently fuels the very conditions that lead to the opposite of peace. With half of the world's nations now engaged in armed conflict, I often wonder what role millions of well-intentioned prayers for peace each day are playing, and how a slight shift in perspective could possibly change the whole role. Looking back at David, I asked, if I didn't pray for rain, then what did you do? It's simple, he said. I began to have the feeling of what rain feels like. That's what... uh, Jen was doing. She was going, teaching her friend how to feel the rain as if it was real on her face. I felt the reeling of rain on my body and what it feels like to stand with naked feet in the mud of our village. <clears throat> I smelled the smells of rain in the earthen walls of our village and I felt what it feels like to walk through the cornfields chest high because there's been so much rain. <clears throat> David's explanation made perfect sense. He was engaging all the senses, the hidden powers of thought, feeling, and emotion, the, the mind of Christ, the body of Christ in us is what, how the scriptures talk about it. The hidden powers of thought, feeling, and emotion within us that set us apart from all other forms of life. In addition to the senses of smell, sight, taste, and touch that connects us to the outside world. In doing so, he was using the powerful, inquit language that speaks to nature, in quotes. It was the next part of his explanation that touched my scientific mind. Following the prayers of rain, he described how feelings of thanks and appreciation were the completion of prayer, like amen, so be it, in Christianity. Rather than giving thanks for what he created, however, David told me he felt the gratitude He felt how grateful for the opportunity to participate in this creation with God. Through our thanks, we honor all possibility while bringing the ones we chose, the ones we choose to this world. Research has shown that it's precisely this quality of gratitude that releases the life-affirming chemistry of powerful hormones in our bodies and strengthens our immune system. It's these chemicals that change within us. The quantum effects carry beyond our bodies through the conduit of this mysterious substance that connects all creation. We would call that God. We would call that the Holy Spirit. Um, We would call it love. We would call it light. That's how scripture talks about it. In the simplicity of a knowledge offered long ago, David just shared his sophisticated inner technology as the wisdom of our lost mode of prayer. Isn't that cool? It works, guys. That's what I want to keep sharing tonight is the the throne of David. Let me just share one more. This is kind of fun. You guys okay with that? Because I want you, people are just catching this, which is fun. So, This is from Javier from Dallas, Texas, and he says, I've been following your work for about two years. Um, I can't tell you how a powerful effect it's had on me. I know that I have been given the rule and reign, and I'm now practicing this reign. So COVID began, I I started a whole new career, the pharmaceutical industry. My work is now very exciting and interesting to me. I have two incredible testimonies, which both came to fruition last week, just by practicing the process of imagining. That's prayer, is what he says. Imagining it in your mind. No work was done at all. Things, start to, see, things are starting to happen faster and more frequently, which just keeps adding to my faith and my application of who I am. In April, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be awesome if I could just have my rent paid, clean, paid free and clear for six months, just so that I could feel what it was like to be a son and receive my inheritance? Now, for me, I've always spent more than I have. I've never had the savings, never been a quote-unquote good steward. I have some debt, even though I've been single for quite a few years, so... I created a scene where I saw on my computer monitor that I have X amount in my account. It was free and clear, separate from my normal income. 
my seeing that he created in his mind implied that there, I didn't earn this money. I joyfully saw it there. I went to sleep imagining it in my account for a few days. At first, my mind said, yeah, right. You've never had this much money put away. But I persevered, and eventually those doubts faded to the background. After a few days, I just sort of let it rest. I, I knew deep down it was done. I still had no idea how it would come. A few weeks later, my landlord sent me an email saying there's a new program in my state. He didn't know if I qualified, but I should apply. I did so and promptly forgot about it. I heard nothing about it until five, de- five days ago. I was approved for $600 more than the six months that he wanted free and clear in his account. This is about six months for me. I was more than I had imagined. The crazy thing is I did not go looking for this. It came to me. Isn't that cool? Now, there's another one. That I don't, just I want to get into this, but he, he shares. Uh, he took a pharmaceutical job, and um, a lot of people fail the test. They said, hey, within a year, you have to pass this test in the pharmaceutical industry. Otherwise, we have to fire you by regulation of their company, whatever. And uh, he sounds like a man after my own heart. Because he says, uh, I love to read but hate to study. I looked at Barbara. I go, does that sound like somebody you know? I hate, like, are you going to study? Ah, no. So uh, I, I better read it just so you, he said, um, I'm at, so I said, uh, I, I love reading, but I'd not like to study. I put the studying off for a whole year. <laughs> That's totally what I would do. So I was nervous that many people failed the test, and I, then I'd be out of my job. I imagined every night before I went to sleep that I passed the test free and clear, and that in my imagination, I was texting my district manager telling me I passed it. Well, it was three days before the test, and I haven't studied at all. When you're about four hours before the test, then you'll be like me. Kath knows this is... Barbara would always go, she goes, you're going to study, it'd be 2 a.m. I go, no, the test isn't until 7. Like, I would like go to sleep and then wake up for like 30 minutes and do it. <clears throat> so uh, so I, I, this is where it's scary, some of you guys. Don't try this if you don't believe it, but it actually works. So it was three, three days before the test and I had not studied at all. I did what you had advised in your video on studying, which is no. Just go, you know what, when I go to sleep, I'm going to have every answer in my test when I wake up. If I, if I truly have the mind of Christ, do I believe it? I see most Christians talk the talk, but when it comes down to it, they don't dare do this kind of stuff. Try it. It's actually wonderful. So it saves you a lot of time. I just, uh, I said, Father, you know what's going to be on this test, so I know it. That's exactly what I did. I love this. So I just read it, and that's it. No revision, no straining. You know, I'd, I'd learned some things naturally in the course of my job. So I took the test this morning. I passed. No studying. Uh, I sent the text to my district manager, and she was in a conference call, and she announced to everybody that I had just passed the test. This year has been so full of manifestation. I have many more things on my list. I'm so excited to see the kingdom reign more and more in my life. I'm ready to step into my inheritance. Javier, Dallas, Texas. Isn't that cool? So you have the throne of David. Here's what I want you to understand. The scriptures, if we, if we get into this, we can pull up that first slide. Um, I want to cover this a little bit again. Because I think how people take scripture is uh, we think of King David and its history. We just think it's this story about this king um, that has no application to us. But it's not true. It says, even the scriptures say, all of those stories are stories of good things that are going to happen in the hearts of minds of men, of you and I. All those stories are things that happen in us. So they, they share these physical stories, but the, the Hebrew the Hebrew mind, the Eastern mind goes, oh, we get what you're talking about. This is something that's going to happen in me. Not just so King David tried to, he did all these things and Solomon and all these different things back then. And the more you understand the names, David, Delet, Vav, Delet, there's two covenants I've been sharing with you. And it says, you will experience the creative power of God when you're between the two halves, when you're joined together. 
And the Hebrew writers almost talked exclusively about intimacy, the physical covenant. That's why you see the Song of Solomon and all these, if you really go look at it, all these verses, you're going, whoa, I see what you're talking about. They talked about intimacy, physical intimacy, and they said that's going to fade away, but the, the second covenant is going to last forever. While the earth remains, this remains in place, is what it says. And the earth he's talking about, the only earth he's talking about, is your heart. And he goes, that's the garden. All these stories about your heart, something that's going to happen in you. And when you see a garden, um, you know somebody's taking care of it. Like if you only see what you've planted there versus, guys, leave your, leave your yard for three years. What does it look like? Does it look like a garden? No. So what he's trying to show you is, is uh, everything goes to just any possibility, right? There's weeds, there's, there's flowers, there's nice things, there's all kinds of things in there. But anytime you see a garden where there's specific rows or specific things that are manicured and put in place, you know man's been there. God's been there. Because he ordered it and established it and judged it, which is exactly what Scripture tells us to do. I've given you the earth, your heart. Treat it like a garden. Only plant what you want there. Order it, subdue it, establish it, is what he says. Take dominion over it, right? You take dominion over it. So this King David thing, Dilet Bob Dilet. His name literally means intimacy, brotherly love, or not brotherly love, because that's more philos, um, intimate love. Like you have personal intimacy love of two coming together. That's David. The heated love is what it's really talked about. The, the heated romance of God and you between the two halves is David. Dilet vav dilet is vav is a man between two doors. The two doors is what David means. Isn't that interesting? So when we look at some of these scriptures, um, dilet vav dilet, I really have to, I'm glad I printed it out because I don't want to look behind me. So we often read at Christmas times, like we always hear this verse, like, so we're, let me read it just here. And then I'll explain how most people read it, where they're missing the most beautiful part, in my opinion. So Isaiah 9, 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Now, 99.9999% of you is like, oh, that's Jesus, isn't it? He's going to have the rain on his shoulders. And so we're worried about in politics and everything else and going, someday Jesus is going to come back. That day is never going to come because he's given it to you. The royal rule and reign is on you. Are you not one with him is what he says? And didn't he give you his royal rule and reign? And doesn't he say the glory I have I've given you? We're waiting for God and the whole time he's like, I've given it to you to subdue it, order it, change it. So, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be how... When's, when's the eschatology here? What does it say? There'll be no end. Eschatology means the end, right? Everybody's worried about the end. Like, there's no end. He's the same yesterday, today, and when it ends. What does it say? <laughs> it's if we use our brain, actually, we would... Be, we would, we would now, I, I have to laugh at myself, otherwise I'd cry. I go, I can't believe I listen to these guys. Like, th- it doesn't even say that. It says, of the increase of his government and shalom, there will be no end. This is never going to end, is what he's saying. Right? Upon the throne of David, you between the two halves. The two halves he's talking about, the most holiest of holies, guys, is your two cerebrum, the cherubs, the divine creatures of imagination. So in let me just get this straight too. It's like, the more I understand this, I'm like, oh my gosh. So most of you guys read the garden narrative where those rascal Adam and Eve, right? If they went to blown it, then we'd all be okay. 
I see that totally different now, reading it from a Hebrew perspective. Here's what it says. You, were, you descended out of Eden, meaning your true nature is from above. You descended out of Eden, a.m. to let noon. And you know what? The only fall in Scripture, Adam and Eve did nothing wrong. They were born in perfection just like you were born in perfection. The only fall the Hebrew writers wrote about was God descended into man from the, and they used this imagery that they could get because they're like, oh, that's God up there. So God descended, he fell into earth so that we could learn to ascend to become God. That's how they wrote. You didn't fall. There's nothing wrong with you. You were born in perfection. You've always been born in perfection. Isn't that interesting? That's the only fall they talked about. That's freeing, isn't it? Well, when man fell, it's not my fault, it's Adam's. If we really think, this is what always perturbed me about the whole thing. I'm going, wait a minute. I didn't ask for this. I, I would pretty much, now there's theories about, hey, you were one with God, so you knew. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's actually right. Like, if we were one spirit, we knew. Like, oh, I'm going to descend into that body. We know it, but when I came out of my mother's womb, I didn't go, yep, I chose to be here. At least I don't remember that part, right? So if I, if I was this depravity thing that we're born into sin is just garbage to me now. Like, you're born into sin. Man fell. Absolutely garbage, guys. God descended into you out of love so that you could learn how to ascend. He says, unless you're born from above, you can't go. He's trying to tell you where you're from. He's like, you're from there. You came out of Eden. This place where everything is like perfect. If there's anything out of order, your very presence creates order. There's no death. You walk by something that looks like it's dead, a plant, whatever, it comes to life. You, you descend it out of that, is what it says. Isn't that wild? Now, I've preserved a way back between the two creative cherubs and the sword that turns within himself. Now, what's really interesting in Hebrew, sword is <clears throat> the seventh letter, the completed work, is a crowned man. It's a sword. It's a picture of a sword. And the crown is this fire on your head. It means you have the fire of God. So that whole imagery is like you were born out of, out of this descended out of Eden, but I've preserved a way so you can make this Eden, so you can learn to become like me. And that, Romans 8, that's what it talks about. Like, we're all trying to figure it out. What, you know, what's our, I've, I went through that. Like, what's this? And then if I go, wait a minute, God created me deprived, and then he's going to judge me for this short little period of time on here if I don't get it right? And I'm supposed to think that's love? That's bizarre. That's torture. That's that's marital abuse. That's child abuse, right? I created you imperfect on purpose. And now, if you don't get it right, I'm going to torture you forever. But if you just accept me, then you won't be tortured forever. That's psychotic to me now. Because like, I knew my heart, like, that cannot be love. And Ryan and Chelsea, some of you guys know, they sent me this thing. I, I was sharing this on the fellowship. She's a Christian psychologist. She goes, the cognitive dissonance of Western Christianity is destroying people. She goes, they cannot put that together. There's something in their heart they're going, it, it really causes them to lose it. Their, their heart and mind going, I'm dirty. I was born in, but oh, I'm supposed to love this guy because he somehow preserved a way. He's not talking about any of that. That's what I'm trying to get at. You came out of perfection and he's told you how to make everything perfect in your life. It's the two cherubs going within yourself, the sword, the sword that turns within, it goes into your heart. That's what they were talking about. Got it? So the increase of the government, this, 
he's given you this throne of David. So don't think of David just as this historical figure. This is a story of good things to come that's going to happen in you, is what it says. All the stories is what Jesus says and what the writers of the New Testament say. All of these stories are about good things to come. Not that it hasn't happened. It's just that every human being has the ability to go experience all these things. His nearness, his perusia. All of these things are about what happens in your heart and mind. So once we get that, if David's the king, and I love the imagery because we all have this idea, is if you can picture a king or a queen, it really doesn't matter. Just consider your royalty. You're, you're in charge of this kingdom. And a king sitting there can just, the scriptures say this, you shall decree a thing and it will be established. Now this isn't verbal decree because in the spirit you can't hear it. This decree, and I don't care if you decree because we do too, it, it helps my, my mind, but this decree, this, this anywhere where your foot will tread like Abram and all these different things, that's internal. So when you see yourself already treading on a certain lifestyle, it comes to you with no effort. Now, businesses, different things, however you want to do it, will come to be the best way for you. But that's the only treading, that's the only decree. And I see it done within. The king, he's sitting on his throne. This whole world conforms to what you do within. That's your true royalty. That's the decree within. I get to judge this, order this, establish it. It says, to order it, establish it with judgment and justice from this time forward until it ends. No, it says even forever again. Isn't that interesting? He always says the same thing. Jeremiah 33, this is what the Lord says. If you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, one covenant you can see, the physical intimacy and the covenant with the night, just like a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. That's not about after 6,000 years, this whole thing's going to blow up. That's not anything what he's talking about. Six is man. You first have a physical covenant. Seventh covenant is spiritual. So he goes, first the physical is born, second is spiritual. And if you can break that, it's like the image of the sun. The sun comes up and it goes down. If the sun's coming up, my covenant's in place, is what he says. First, the physical covenant that all of us go, oh, wow, I can create. I become a son or a daughter in Jewish history means, or in Jewish culture means I've been recognized that I can create like my parents, like dad. It's physically, right? It happens about that time, about puberty. So that's the, they become sons and daughters where they can actually create. Now, isn't that such a beautiful thing that goes, obviously God is in me. How did that happen, right? It was kind of fun being pre-med when they would talk about it. Like, you know, we know all this, and then we just can't figure this part out. <laughs> no, because you can't. It's, it's in the secret place. We don't know. We just know it works. So, and he goes, same thing happens spiritually. When you just fall in love with, this is how my life is going to be. I'm ordering it. I'm judging it. I'm seeing exactly how it went. There's nothing else to do. This I want you to get. You can't do it wrong. A lot of people are getting this. They're like, what am I doing it wrong? Whatever. You can't do it wrong. Well, let me explain whether you understand it or not, whatever you dwell on is, is happening. You can't change it. It's an impossibility. That's, that covenant's in place, is what it says. This covenant of day and night, of their appointed times, the one comes after the other, is what he's saying. Then my covenant may also be broken with the, the man between two gates, David. David, my servant, and my ministers, which is you and I, the priests, so that David will not have a son to reign on his throne. You are... The throne of David, which will always be in place, guys, is what you do here orders and establishes the whole thing. There's nothing else to do. Isn't that amazing? So you cannot do it wrong. So don't, you don't have to work up enough sweat. You don't have to build enough faith. You don't have to... Um, what are some of the, the boogaboos that just hold people back? Am I doing this right is a big one. You can't do it wrong. What you're, what you're experiencing, just check yourself. 
That is what's going on most of the time in your heart. It's, there's no other way is what he's saying. This will always be God. Now the great news, this is where I think people struggle with God. Um, he says, I've given you how many things? All things. Is poverty included in all? Yeah, it is. He's given you poverty and he's given you supernatural abundance. He's given you depression and he's given you pure joy. He's given you everything. There's nothing left out in Paul's talks. Any possibility is possible. And I've given it to you. Here's the great news when you understand this. Just as if somebody's experiencing poverty, that's a choice. He's given you supernatural abundance. You don't have to do anything but start to see yourself how it'd be, and it'll show up. That's the divinity in your life. Isn't that wild? That is like pure grace. You, you couldn't do it any other way. That's pure grace. They get like, God would never do that. No, he said he gave you everything, so everything's everything. Now, that's like a mind bender for most people, but I think it helps them once they get it. Like, he gave me everything, so I could experience anything I want, any possibility. Isn't that amazing? Now, he wants you to come into the, the Romans 8 where it talks about, he goes, I've subjected you unwillingly into this body. It wasn't our fault. That's where I just, now when I read the scriptures, I'm like, no, we didn't fall. It was his idea to come and descend into us. God became man so that we could learn to be him in pure love. But he's given us all choices. I've given you poverty. It says, I am. I create calamity and I create pure joy. I create destruction I create a order. You do. We do. I am. That's interesting. I've given it to you. It can be no other way. Could a king make bad decisions that destroy his kingdom? Then we can, right? This isn't really hard. What people don't realize is how simple it is. That's where, you, guys, you can't do it wrong. Just, here's what's cool. You simply having a different thought sets the whole world in motion to aggressively hunt you down with hostile intent. You can't do it wrong. It's enough. You're just picturing it and thinking about it going, wouldn't it be awesome that I have this? Thank you, Father. That I want to order my life and to receive that into my life. It's coming. You can't do it wrong. That, so relax with that thing, right? People are prayer chaining and meditating. Listen, if you know my, I, I've got ants in my pants, man. I cannot meditate for an hour. Well, I, I could. I just don't want to because I can choose to do anything, right? So I love dispensing all these guys, but reality is, here, all you meditator guys, I love you, but until you can make a kindergarten class meditate for an hour, I'm not listening. Good luck, exactly. <laughs> exactly, all the Sunday school teachers like, praise God, that's true, right? And I was the worst. I don't know for you guys, but we had half days in kindergarten. You guys have half days? Now, think about a little fired up five-year-old kid. You're, well, how old is your little guy? Four, yeah. You can tell when you, when you start to like get older, it's like little, a four-year-old, you have to make them sit down and eat and take a nap. Now I love it. Yeah, well, I'm like, I, now I'm like, oh, I get to take a nap. Oh, I get to eat again. <laughs> Kids, you don't even think about it, right? You're just fired up. So I remember in kindergarten, they were like, okay, now it's nap time. I'm like, nap time? We're just getting going. This is a half day, right? And I remember those little plastic mats, and some people had rugs they had to bring. And so we all had to lay down. I could never do it. Like for 30 seconds, I start going. 
And then my friend Jimmy, Zoot, Jimmy Zootenhorst just stood at my wedding. <laughs> We'd get in so much trouble. And my mother was a teacher, so I, she found out somehow before I was. Every, like, he's not taking a nap again. I, I can't, Mom. Like, I can't. You can. Like, I can't. <laughs> like, literally, I cannot take a nap. Like, well, just lay there. I'm trying. So, if children can enter the kingdom, it has to be a little easier than meditating for an hour. In fact, you cannot not meditate. You, your brain is going. I know people are like, just, you got to clear your mind for an hour. Like, I can't, I could do it. I just know I can do it in 30 seconds. If all possible, then I'm going to choose the 30 seconds to go. Done. What are you doing? Meditating. I'm manifesting. You don't have to manifest. You just be. You think and it comes. That is the holiest thing you can do. This is the holiest of holies. It says your body's the temple. You are the ark of the covenant. Your shoulders, the you are the priest, the prophet, and the king. The Old Testament stories are stories of good things to come in you. Now, they would take the Holy Spirit, they would take the oil, and they would anoint the prophet, priest, and the king. And us low lives got, to be, got nothing, right? King David is about you. It says everybody from the least to the greatest is complete in Christ, the anointed one. So if you can see the images of a prophet, priest, and the king, they, they operated, acted, spoke as if they were God. That's you, is what he's talking about. I've given it to you. Does that help you? So you cannot do it wrong. The holiest thing you can do is think good things. You can create in God's likeness because you're created like him. It says, I simply image something in my mind and know that it's real. It's more real than what I see here. Don't try make it any harder than that. If you have a picture of something, it's coming. It'll form and shape everything here. You can't do it wrong. I'm trying to help people out, like, how simple this actually is. And in fact, I had a friend today, there's some legal things with the government, and, and uh, he was sharing with me, I just see it like this. He's like, I have, this will be a good test for me, because I have no idea how this would ever happen. Like, government agencies are involved, right? Like, big, bad United States, you know? So he texted me this morning, he's like, dude, I got a message, everything's taken care of. Like they told me, nope, can't happen. This is how it's going to be. He said, somehow I just saw myself enjoying as if it was already real. And he goes, they emailed me like in a short period of time going, it's all taken care of. He goes, it may seem like a little bit, but it's huge for me. When a government agency just changes their mind because of what you did with your mind. Isn't that cool? Does that help you? All right. So you're the son. All right, so let's go. So next slide here. I can't see what's going on. All right, seven or so. You guys Okay. All right, yud heh vav hey. I want to share this. I've shared this in the past, but this so fits again. You know, in John 16, where it talks about praying in his nature, praying in his likeness. Up until now, you haven't done anything in my likeness. His name, his nature. Name was, na- name was their nature, right? So if you, if you it would be like this, is uh, um, the Robinsons have a good name. We know that means they have character. There's something about that family that we know. Well, he says, you have my name. You have my nature. So, his name, there's multiple names, but yud heh we see a lot, right? So this is so cool where it says, trust in the Lord, yud heh with all your heart. And that, that inner man is lev. It's the, it's the lev, it's two letters, lamed bet. It's the inner rod or staff or branch of a man, like a physical branch of a man, right? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? His branch, got it? He's going, the inner rod, the inner shepherd, the staff of the heart is lev, he goes, you, just as you create physically, you create spiritually. 
Your heart is lev. It's only two letters. Lean not on your own understanding what you perceive with the five senses. In all your ways, submit to yud heh vav And he will make your path straight. Well, yud heh vav yad is the strength or the power of God. So I want you to get this. When you simply have a thought of how you would like your life to be, that is not you trying to do it. It's not you trying to manifest. It's not trying, trying to get it right. It's working. You simply having a thought is the finished work of God. Isn't that wild? Now, hey, vav, hey, this is really interesting. Hey is the creative, it's an open window. I've shared with you a lot. You know, the, the grace guys just go, it's grace. It's grace, but you're going to miss the most important parts to me if, if, you, if you just go, oh, it's grace. Well, yeah, you can say God's grace all day long, but if you don't manage what's going on in here, your life's a mess a lot of times, right? So hey means you get to choose. Vav, again, is a man. Isn't it interesting? The strength of the power of God, Yod, and then there's a vav between two halves, two hays. And it's literally the creative power of God, which is the holiest of holies, our cerebrum. It's limitless. It's an open window. You get man, the man between the two hays, and hava, that, those last three letters, hey, vav, hey, is strong, to become. It literally means I am. Yud, hey, vav, hey, is the strength of God to just be whatever you're doing between those two halves. That's his nature. That's your nature. Isn't that wild? It's man between the two grace halves. You get to choose whatever you want, and it'll come about with no effort on your own. It truly is grace. That is a miracle creating power of you guys. When we simply have a thought, when we start to picture how our life should be, just trust that that's enough. It's enough. You don't have to work at it, you don't have to learn it. Um, and people are just doing it. Just do it. Just, do something little and then just expectantly wait for it. Just see something that makes no sense even. That's even better. Just do something crazy, right? Like Ramika would get here on time. That would be crazy. <laughs> uh, I love you, bro. You just It's funny, right? I know it's not your wife, right? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Is there pizza left for your kids at least? Oh, you don't care? All right. Go through your driver. Yeah. So anyway, man between the two halves again. There you see it again. You get to choose whatever you want. Hava is to become or be, I am. And the strength of God to become or be whatever you want to be is his nature. Yud he vav he. Isn't that wild? So then Mark eleven twenty three and all these faith verses start to make sense because it says if you learn to cast this into the sea, See is yam in Hebrew, it's two letters, the finished work of the mighty womb of God. We're literally swimming in his womb, that all nature responds to what we do in our, in our mind. Just cast it in, and you watch the womb of God bring it to pass for you. That's the sea to them. Isn't that wild? Anyway, does this work for you guys? That's his nature, that's your nature. That's the throne of David, that's God to you. So all right, last slide, we'll be done here. So, um, let me share one thing, because this is where, uh, because a lot of times people are dealing with fear, anxiety, if I'm doing this right, or wonder if this isn't working. I'm telling you it works. So, I wrote this that I sent out on the email on the Facebook today, because um, most of us have only been taught to operate in our physical senses. So, we either see what's going on now, but unfortunately, what most people do is they have regrets or, man, I wish I wouldn't have done this, thinking that they don't have the power to change it. 
right? Oh, the past is past. No, the past is whatever I want it to be in God's imagination. So I've shared this with you before, but it was so relevant to Barb and I. You know, we struggled in our marriage at first because it was a mess. It was just, we were both doing it wrong. It was just, we were a mess. And then we started talking about this concept. We're like, wouldn't it be great if we were high school sweethearts? Knowing we weren't literally, but we started to see ourselves and talk like it. We go, man, we're high school sweethearts. It's so great that we had, we had no other relationships with anybody else. She was my dream girl from the beginning. Even though that's not what, I, what happened, I can't conceive of something different today. It has literally healed all of that. Now, I can, I, can, I can picture some of it, but there's no sting there. There's no regret there. There's no judgment there. Does, does that make sense to you? Because maybe you guys don't need this, but there's things I've done that I was like, man, I wish I would have done that. Anybody else? Or just me? <laughs> I've done it before. Yeah, no, yeah. But here's what's really cool. You have the power to change it. That's so fascinating to me. You know, when people pray for people five years back and don't know that that's what they're praying, it actually had effect outside of time because the spirit knows that Jim Farmer is going to be praying today about something that happened back there and it goes and heals it. So wild to me. So limitless. It's like almost like God, isn't it? So it's a fascinating deal. So um, what most people don't trust is the facts of life or they're thinking about a potential outcome in the future of all the things that could go wrong. Don't you catch yourself there every now and then? Well, what about the economy? What about this? Have you heard the government pass this? It's it's like, you know what? No, no, no. Uh, The rule and rule and reign are on my shoulders. I care less what they do because I know that all the world has to shape and bend to what I do, the throne of David, the holiest of holies. God's presence is there. So when I have a thought, I know it's God's thought. Whether it's a good, bad thought, it's his thought because I'm one. Isn't that wild? Therefore, think on good things, is what he says, because those good things will hunt you down with hostile intent. That doesn't mean it's going to hurt you. It means a, somebody's, like, that you can get the imagery of animals hunting down their prey because they're so hungry for that food and desire of it, right? He goes, that's how good my grace and favor is of you. It'll hunt you down. You just envision a different picture about your past or your future as if it's real right now, and it hunts you down and it comes to pass. It's the royal rule and reign. It's limitless. So fear only comes when we look at something undesirable. Or we daydream about something that has not happened yet, and we start to dwell on all the negative outcomes. Well, if this happens, then this happens. This. I catch myself going down that road, even though I teach this. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Why am I even thinking about any of that? Is it happening to me right now? Is anything bad happening to me right now? Like, really? Like, and nothing's bad happening to you right now. The only thing you're experiencing is if you're thinking about something that happened in the past or future. Right? There's nothing wrong. It is, it's you, Dave Ave. It's I am. You can be. Just be, and it'll, the whole world will shape. That's how powerful we are. Isn't that wild? That's you, Dave Ave, to Hebrews. So, fear is the idea that we aren't enough, we aren't good enough, we're not loved enough, or we won't have enough. It's always come from this physical senses which is why we have wars and everything else because the greed and I must conquer somebody else instead of knowing that I could freely receive any of it at any time. That's really why we have all this stuff, right? Why people seek power and everything else. If they knew they could just receive it and my brother could receive it at the same time, I don't even need to compete. Well, that'd be cool. Really wild. So fear only comes when you're not good enough 
aren't enough, loved enough, or have enough. But when we understand the glorious liberty of the sons of God, this was his plan. He goes, I've, I've put you into this so that you can learn. And it says the hope of the glorious liberty. Hope is not like, oh, I hope this works in, to God. Hope is the confident expectation that every one of you are going to realize this glorious liberty you have as a son of God. You're free from anything you want to be free of. I can simply picture the temperature change on my phone and the next time I look at it, it's 14 degrees less and the wind and the rain come. The only place in Iraq that is happening is his place. That's pretty sweet, isn't it? So now the next time I complain about the weather, yell at me going, remember Paul? Oh yeah. (laughs) So what we do within our mind is the holiest of holies. This is the holiest of holies, the two cherubim of our mind, the two creative cerebrums, the messengers of God. So it's God's complete power bringing it to pass. That's what I want you to get, guys. It's not you trying to willpower. It's not trying to you to do it. You need to come to this grip that I am divine. I am complete in Christ. You don't have to seek his presence or welcome. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. You can't get any more in his presence if you tried. I'm trying to get anointed. You can't get any more anointed than you are all complete in the anointed one. 100% whole on God. Complete in the anointed one, Christ. That's what it means. You're complete. Done deal. So when you have a thought, it's enough. And it's not you trying to do it. It's coming to you, the realization is he's designed me so incredibly beautiful. I simply have a thought and God's power starts to make it come to pass with no effort of my own. The right people, the right things, the right businesses, the right, anything, will, heaven and earth will move to the throne of David. I am the one carrying the Ark of the Covenant. The only Ark in the whole Bible is you, the wooden crate that's divine. Isn't that wild? Anyway, so you don't have to understand how it will take place. You don't have to work up any of your own power. You're complete in Christ, the anointed one. It's simply understanding that when you begin to envision a different outcome, it's coming to pass. No harder than that. Amen? So, did I put that? Yeah, okay. I didn't know if I... So God's divine plan is for this glorious liberty. I'm trying to teach people how to be free, myself included. Free of anything. There's no limits. I've given you everything. You get to choose whatever you want to experience. He has given us his royal rule and reign. And this is where the imagery, I think, with Brad Jerzak and stuff, like he talked about, um, uh, I don't like to picture Jesus outside of myself anymore. He's like, well, it it makes sense to some people, but because if I'm picturing Jesus in the room, I'm picturing it incorrectly. that, That implies separation. Go within. It's the, the sword that turns within. So when I just see a different outcome, but some of you guys, it, it may help you out if you still have this separation thing going on, that if you need to see Jesus or God in the room with you outside of you, just then do this. I'm just going to use health, for instance. If God or Jesus, perfect love, however you want to look at it, was in the room with you and your conception of God, if Jesus says, you know what? You're whole from this day forward, you would be excited. If you need to picture that, you can. But there's no difference in you just going, I'm whole from this day forward. That's Jesus. That's you to Hey Hey. No effort of your own, it'll come to pass. You're doing everything right. That's all you need to do. So when Paul's complaining, like we were, you know, it was like, I've got this thorn in my side, and everybody's trying to figure it out. It's like, no, you're missing the whole point, guys. God says this my grace is sufficient for you. My chesed, my, my anointing, my royal rule and reign I've given you is efficient. 
my strength, don't you want God's strength? You have it. You're complete. You're anointed in him. You lack nothing. My strength is made perfect in physical weakness. He's not saying I have to be weak. He's saying there's nothing to this shell that is, it's temporary. It's the, it's the temporary tent is what it says. This is, doesn't this, I'm only so strong with this, right? But when I realize, no, my grace is in you and it's unlimited. My grace is sufficient. It's in your weakness. It's in you. That's what he's saying here. Does that help you guys? There's no, so you can be overcome. Just know that just from this day forward, just start to do stuff like this. Everything comes easy to me. Abundance is just effortless to me. Relationships are effortless to me. Joy is effortless to me. Life is so good. Life is so grand. It's so great that everything works in my life. I thank you, Father, that I have just supernatural wealth. I have supernatural health. I have it all. I can't ask for anything more because I have it all. It feels so wonderful just to be alive. Thank God it's so easy to me. I've now become a son of God. That's it. You watch how it will change in your life. Amen? So God bless you guys. Hopefully that helps. There's no throne of David outside of you. You're it.